For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. By do that and dudes, it is CHN Radio, episode 152. I'm your host, Greg Trottel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And we don't, we don't have we just spent the last <laughs> we spent the last like five minutes trying to figure out what to say. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but I don't think I don't think we should go with our normal intro because I think that should be retired. It's um, true. Uh, so this is the best damn coach in the land, Elijah Newsom. It's true. And I'm we here. need help, guys. We do. Um, Greg did not go with my suggestion of live from the netty at CHN Radio, <laughs> which would have meant live from the toilet at CHN Radio. But please, please, if you're listening right now, think to yourself, what would I like to hear when I first click on a brand new episode of CHN Radio? And go ahead and tweet it at us. DM it to us or just like mention us on Twitter and we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the polls and we'll let the people decide because honestly me and Greg have no idea or Greg yeah. and I, we have no idea. So we're, uh, we're lost. We're lost without our, our great intro. Um, but we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll just figure it out. Like we always done. Yeah. And and, may, and until then, until then, you'll just get cringy intros like that. Uh, yes. So we'll just keep it moving. I mean, people do love a cringe intro. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, so in this episode, you will get a lot I, of Mike Ashley. I was say, I don't know who people are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm, um, uh, yeah. You'll get <laughs> a lot of him. You'll get a lot of odds and ends. You'll get a lot of, or you'll get an Everton preview. You're just you're gonna get a BS meter. There's mm. so much happening in this episode, episode 152. Um, so we can just get right into it because the new. I mean, it's not every day that within a week between we do these weekly shows that Mike Ashley is in the news for two separate occasions. That doesn't yeah. happen. Um, so let's start with the first one, and that is his statement on the pay-per-view so i'll start with that uh his statement said i am calling on the premier league to immediately act and review its current pay-per-view arrangements for live matches in the uk charging 14.95 for single televised matches in the current climate is not acceptable to any football fan supporters have overwhelmingly rejected this offer and the premier league must now act why not make it much more affordable at 4.95 per match until christmas the government should waive VAT 
on the above pay-per-view matches so that as many of those who are unable to attend matches in person can at least watch their team. The profit from the above reduced pay-per-view option, I would suggest that 50% would be retained by the Premier League and 50% would go to the football pyramid below. Mm-hmm. As a club, Newcastle United did vote in favor, favor of the pay-per-view proposal, but to be clear, this was because there was no realistic or any viable alternatives put forward to enable supporters to watch matches. Yeah. Well, Mike Ashley, man of the people. Hey, he's doing whatever <laughs> it takes. He's trying to get rid of that pantomime villain stench. The nickname yeah. he gave himself, by the way, want to just make that a clear once again, that no one was calling Mike Ashley a pantomime <laughs> villain. He, he said that – I feel like people said Mike Ashley is a lot of things. But the the exact phrase pantomime villain is one of those things that's like – it's not very common. So, like, he kind of stirred the pot there when he kind of repeatedly called himself that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. Uh, in other news, uh, BT Sport and Sky, this actually all came out on the same day. They also uh, – there was reports that they were concerned about it because – um, as it regards to them, there's no revenue increase for them. Like they don't, it doesn't matter to them what the Premier League does because they're still getting paid um, to broadcast the same amount of matches. Um, well, not sorry, they're still paying this to, to broadcast the same amount of matches. They're still getting the same amount of televised, nationally televised matches. So the, it's it's just annoying to them because customers are lashing out on them. Uh, their 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 mentions are are going a little crazy, and um, people are are considering unsubscribing from their products. Um, and unscribing from, you know, the ability to, you know, get Sky Online and all that kind of stuff, uh, just due to the Premier League's own incompetence. So, I mean, yeah, Mike Ashley, man of the people temporarily. Uh, this is this is his – that was the second time this year he did something that everyone was like, oh, Mike Ashley, man of the people. The first <laughs> time was when he was like, hey, I'm going to sue the Premier League. Uh, which, again, I wouldn't say man of the people, but I would say, like, that's like – by, by association, man of the people, but um, yeah, and then now he's decided, hey, this charging my fans, of which I haven't refunded yet, uh, charging them money to watch Newcastle, a product that I know is not a great product to watch, is insane. So shout out to Mike Ashley. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's uh, a little insight too. I love, I like, I kind of love when like these big like our, our club attacks the league it's in like it'd be i mean you would never see it in american sports really like nobody's going to attack the nfl per se like players mm-hmm. will but an organization will not so it, it's cool to see mike actually kind of do this like saying like yeah we because like he knew the premier league were like newcastle united voted in favor and he like put that in there saying like i only voted in favor because literally fans would not be able to watch matches if i didn't <laughs> so like it's true so uh, that was our only option. So he absolutely put and you know, Premier League's not going to say anything. They absolutely hate Newcastle and hope that they get relegated. Um, so <laughs> at this point, they're just fed up with us. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was really, I, I thought it was just, I mean, there was nothing wrong with what he said at all. I completely agree with all of it. I just don't know what VAT is. I should have looked that up. Government should weigh VAT. Do we know? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, beats me. VAT. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I guess. Oh, 
I'm looking it up. Exemptions for graduated tax relief. Okay. Are you out of tax exemptions? I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Now well, more confused. <laughs> yeah. Someone else explain that to yeah, us. Uh, if you know what knows. that has to do with anything, please, please let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the that was the first bit. Is there anything you want to say on just the PPV? We've talked about this. Um, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a it's a dang shame that in uh in America I can watch this for for pretty much five bucks a month. Um. So. And Premier League fans in Europe or in England have to pay 15 pounds a match. It's it's a bit insane. Yeah, not a hot take there. Um, next statement is Mike Ashley is suing the Premier League. Well, Mike Ashley is agreeing with a suing of the Premier League. Yes, yes, and shout um, out to the shout out to the guys who did this. Because I remember, um, geez, what was their? Uh, I, I, I'm I'm going to find it right now. They, these two dudes, they started this uh, this like this this Twitter account um, a couple not like a couple months ago, and it's oh it's the War Fund people, and they were just like, hey, everyone donate money to us because we want the takeover to go through, and everyone was like, no, why would we donate money to you? It makes no sense. Like, what are you going to do? if we donate yeah. this money to you and they're just like, no, trust us, just donate money. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, fair play to them. No one donated money to them, but they did take action and yeah. they, they just decided to be like, we're going to sue the Premier League. Yep. Um, yeah. So on Tuesday, the Premier League received a legal letter from Newcastle Consortium Supporters Limited. And it's a company formed by, Gordon Stein and Keith Patterson last August. Um, it's described as a letter before action. Uh, they, they're claiming that they intend to seek a ruling from the competition appeal tribunal over whether the Premier League breached any UK regulations during the abortive sale of Newcastle United to Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, PCP Capital Partners, and Rubin Brothers earlier this year. So they, they're, um, they're working with Robert O'Donohue QC of Brick Court Chambers on the case. Um, however, it is separate to the action initiated by Mike Ashley on September 14th, where QC's Nick DeMarco, Shahid Fatima, and Blackstone T- Chambers confirmed that they were acting for Newcastle against the Premier League. Um, that, that is, these are two separate things. So this is not Mike Ashley suing in two separate courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't even know what court that the Ash Ashley case is gonna be in. Yep. This is uh this is going through the UK government. And I guess the importance of this is that um that 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 particular court handles cases within like months of it being like it usually like which it sounds like a long time, but it really means that like you're there's more likely that this goes to trial earlier than any Mike Ashley thing because like that'd probably be done through civil court or through court arbitration or something like that and that could take months down the road but this is one of those things where like starting like i think it go the the filing would occur like i think next i think next week in november like november 3rd or something like that um and that would start the process and they could and with a case this high profile they could force the premier league to go to court within a month or two which would be outrageous don't know the merits of the argument, 
but it is something. I think not many people are very clear on the merits of the argument at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of people went to Twitter to ask Money Mike Ashley. Of course. Uh, I, well, because what he thought. And there was a little yes. bombshell that was brought up, Elijah. Can you tell us oh. about that? Uh, well, so initially, the whole reason this is relevant to Mike Ashley is that, um, like, essentially, the Chronicle reported that he supports this, like Greg said this earlier. And people were like, well, how does the Chronicle know? And Lee <laughs> Ryder was like, we've seen who this was, like, who this statement, it was a press statement sent to, like, the Chronicle, a bunch of newspapers, Mike Ashley, the club, like the it was sent to all these people. So like Mike Ashley's clearly seen it. And they're the people who are close to Mike Ashley, their sources are saying that he supports it. Um, and, and people were giving Lee a hard time uh, because, you know, that's what they, they like to do. And I think someone, uh, someone brought up because this was very much driven by the fact that fans were bugging Lee about this. And someone said, is the money Mike Ashley account getting to you? Uh, and Lee then responded with the bombshell that they know who runs the Mike Ashley parody account. And that is when the world stopped, Greg, because that's all people want to know. That would be the biggest story in Newcastle Twitter history, probably outside of an actual takeover. Actually, I would say that finding out who money Mike Ashley is, is probably bigger than the takeover. (laughs) I mean, he's been around, he or she has been around for quite some time. Staple of Newcastle Twitter, like, is no one knows if they're in the know. No one knows, like, like people are convinced it's actually Mike Ashley. So it would be a big deal. Um, but we do know our friend Lee, who listens to this podcast on occasion, knows who Money Mike Ashley is. And Greg, I do think that it might be time to bring old Lee back onto the pod and say, hey. Interrogation. Oh yeah, just lead with one of those. We'll, we'll give him. We'll say we're giving him a softball, we'll, and then lead with that. We'll we'll do twenty questions with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm a little. I, I just caution people that it's probably not exciting as they think it is, and like it's probably like a like a forty five year old guy from like Lutton Town or something. Uh, oh yeah, like like this like his most interesting part of his life is that account and that's it's it. like a three-year letterman who's like that's yeah it's that's like one of regular or is it dude. two-year letterman three letter, it, yeah it's three year, which yeah. is like the guy that's like complete, blocking the state yeah complete yeah complete opposite of what people expect this character to be it's like a lawyer who's like 26 or something like that yeah. like just an average guy that runs that account or whoever runs the Atlanta sports Trump account, because I'm sure that's just the average guy as well. That's or a could be account. the same person. Oh, that'd yeah, be actually, a lot to manage. That'd be a lot to manage, but also like they are both Georgia fans and Atlanta sports fans. So yeah, yeah. there's that. But um, the three-year Letterman thing, that's like, that's so much dedication. He's got like a whole yeah. video series. And I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> um, there was, I did see tune polls uh, did some digging and apparently he was um, let me I want to make sure I get this right, but apparently this account was active before Mike Ashley and it yeah. was posing as another owner. Mm. Um filibuster real quick. Okay. Why bring um, this up? Oh well Sam Wiggins, who is another 
uh, I guess, I don't know, is Sam Wiggins tune polls? People are asking. Um, basically said that that uh, that this person, went their previous old tweets before Mike Ashley was the owner, uh, like mm-hmm. pre-2012, stuff like that, like not pre, like not pre-2012, but just like they were saying the tweets before 2012 were all like deleted. And there's a bunch of stuff on the NUFC subreddit um, because for some reason people – not for some reason, but people do care and want to find out who Money Mike Ashley is. Um, but yeah, so essentially, uh, he was called Vinky's Blackburn in 2012. Yeah, I yeah, found it that's, all for you. That's was what the I was... Blackburn Rovers. So yeah. there you go. There it is. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that's a new slant on Twitter for Newcastle these days. Yeah, and and by the way, like worth noting that. Like the Money Mike Ashley account, I wouldn't say single-handedly was one of the reasons that petition got so much, so many signatures in the summer, but did say they yep. would reveal their identity. Like if it got to like 50k, then they pushed like 100k. It was absurd. It was like I've never seen so many people like organ, like <laughs> organized to try to figure out one person's identity. It was like Batman. Like who is Batman? It's Bruce Wayne, for people who don't know. Yeah. Well. Let's take a break. Let's... Oh, wait. No. Okay, yeah. We we because we were talking about takeover stuff, worth mentioning small takeover updates that people are are connecting dots with. First and foremost, pretty much everyone who is on Twitter like connected to the takeover, like a buying party very public figures, Amanda Stavely's husband, Jamie Rubin, some other folks, they all basically retweeted like tweets about and tweeted about that fan led uh, like lawsuit. So that's one thing. And then the other thing, small in, in, in hindsight, I guess in retrospect, everyone was pretty like buzzed about it and kind of started the whole takeover mess. Jamie Rubin stepped down from his, his role as chairman chairman, or he was just on the board of QPR. He stepped down for no real reason. Uh, there was, it was, I mean, obviously, when the takeover plans were initially um, investigated and revealed, it was revealed that Jamie Rubin would st- step down of from the board of QPR to basically run Newcastle alongside Amanda Stavely. Uh, so people were looking into that. And Jamie has, of course, still been very active on Twitter regarding Newcastle stuff now that he stepped down from the board of QPR. So that was just a small takeover Yes, have to mention it, or the people will get mad and be like, "Oh, you didn't talk about this." Nah. Well, that's definitely something. That's something there, that just doesn't come out of nowhere typically. Yeah. And then, uh, did you mention the? I uh, can't. I can't remember the other chairman of QPR's name when he said, "Jimmy Rubin put a just tweeted and said like, oh, I hope uh, QPR signs this lad or whatever," and the other chairman of QBR tweeted the the Google map directions from like where that player is from in Manchester to Newcastle and the time difference and with laugh faces emojis. And I was like, huh? huh. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, that is the chairman of QPR sent that to um, Jamie Rubin. Yeah. That's on interesting. Twitter. Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, Hmm. 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 Uh, QPR would be a good team to do a career mode with. I might have to fire that one up. They have their stadium in FIFA. 
Oh, man, cool might have to fire that up. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Shout right. out to me. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to preview our match against Everton, the league leaders, Everton. Um, so we are going to do that right after this break. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we have 14th place Newcastle United going up against the juggernaut. First place, 4-1-1 through six matches, 14 points. Yeah. Five goal difference. Winners in the last three, Everton. F. Well, not in their last three. Or I, they lost to Southampton yeah. just now, and they yeah. drew the week before. So yeah, winners so in three just, of the winners last five. <laughs> I think they won their first three. Maybe that might be. Well, that I, feels accurate. Yeah, something, something. Well, no, because no, they won their first four. Because they had go. one draw and one loss, and that happened in the last two matches. So, so you were right. Winners of their first three. And well, four. no. Anyway, we all know that's them. They lost to Tottenham five to two. So I don't, I don't know. We'll get into oh, that. Oh, that was Southampton. Sorry, that was Southampton. I'm skied. All right, never mind. All right, we're back. We're back in it. I can oh, break man. down why Everton lost, though. I can tell you why, and yep. I don't think that it's going to happen again. So. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so the match is on Saturday. No, Sunday. Um, and, and it's in Newcastle. It is. Um, just remember, we have John Joe Selby also had a hernia surgery on Monday. He's out for a month. Martin Dubrovka's out. Dwight Gale's out. And Matt Ritchie is out. The uh, Everton won't be – Lucas – Dinier will not be there. Yeah, he, he just he got, got a red, red card. And yeah. uh, the he did appeal it, and it got reduced to one game. But that would be us. So that was nice. Also, uh, Richarlson is out because he had a red card against Liverpool. Yep. And, and they've actually got a lot of players Seamus out. Seamus Coleman is out. Yep. Uh, and, well, maybe. And then John Joe Kenny may be out. Seamus Coleman's probably going to be out. He's got a hamstring injury. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be back until November. John Joe Kenny, they might rush back in. Uh, mm-hmm. Mason Holgate, he's going to be out. Um, James Rodriguez picked up a little bit of a muscle James. injury. You mean James? Yeah, J- James James Rodriguez. I can't even I can't even butcher, Rod, butcher his name. Rod Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's going to be out. And of course, John Philip GB. I'm gonna call him GBA. That's what so, I've here's seen. what I'm saying. You have right right away. You have their. You have two of their best of their, players out. Four that, of their that. top five players, probably. Yeah, I mean, who are you saying? Are there? Are you saying James? James. Uh, um, James Richard. <laughs> GBA, obviously. Uh, Lucas Seamus. Yeah. Uh, a GBA, dude, he's their starting holding midfielder. He's just been injured. He's a beast. Five John Phillips and Bambin. So, Five of their six. Yeah. Because Gilby Sigerson's not that great anymore. Well, I mean, 
you're forgetting not about one of their best. The hyphenated names, Dom, Dominic Calvert Lewin, who well, is he's against Newcastle. He's he's, he's in, definitely up. He was in my t- he was my one of the. Okay, five I was about to say him. like he's he's good. He's good. Yeah. But James is probably the best player. Dom, Calvert Lewin's probably second, and then Richard. I'm I've <laughs> oh man I the James thing is is really that's actually like bugging me, and I'm not even a Spanish speaker, so we'll just leave it with that. Like I'm going to continue so to call annoying. on James and Richard. Oh, God. Um, um, it's, but, yeah, it's that's very... really good that they're out. Uh, but, it, we, you know, still, Calvert-Lewin has probably more goals than Newcastle have this year. How many – actually, wait. Uh, he has seven goals. How many goals do we have we scored? It, I mean, I think we scored nine, maybe. Uh, Newcastle have scored eight. So, we have wow. one more goal than Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I mean, again – you're saying all this. I think if you want to get into kind of there's a, okay. I'll say this. Everton are missing a lot of pieces. That being said, Everton didn't look awful against Southampton. Uh, they still created some chances, uh, created more chances than Newcastle created against Wolves for what it's worth. Um, they've still got quality players in that side. Obviously we talked about Sigurdsson. He's maybe not the, the Sigurdsson of, of yesteryear, but he's still very good. Alex Iwobi is always a threat. Calvert-Lewin, he's always – I mean, he's obviously always a threat. He had a brace against Newcastle last time he played. Allen has been excellent for them thus far. Ducare is good. I mean, yeah. there's still some solid players. Here oh, yeah, is yeah. obviously – like, like they, they have a good team. The The benefit for Newcastle is two things. One, um, this is something that Southampton exploited quite well, and I don't know if they're going to make this same mistake again. But for some, for some reason um, – <laughs> The uh, like Everton decided that, well, not decided. As we already mentioned, both of their right backs are injured, and so Everton decided that the best course of action would be to start a center back at right back, which is one of those things that like like for some reason managers do, but it never works out the way that they think they should. Like they think it does because especially now with how like how fast wingers are and how like expect how much fullbacks are supposed to be like involved in the game and how much of a threat they're supposed to be. They started Ben Godfrey, who they signed from Norwich. He's a center back. They started him in his first match with Everton. Uh, they started him at right back and it was a disaster directly led to their second goal. Like he got absolutely torched by, by James Ward Prowse. Like, like James Ward Prowse is good, but like, Hey man, he got torched. Uh, so I mean, it's it's not a good look for them. Uh, he was not great the whole match. I mean, there was plenty of chances. Like, Southampton could have scored a lot more just simply because Ben Godfrey was a liability at that right-back position and never got subbed off, like, at all. And um, the I would say um, the, the better option would be to play, like, a Fabian Delph or another center midfielder, central midfielder, out at that right-back position, um, someone who's a solid defender and can offer a little bit going forward. Um, like Newcastle have done that. Isaac Hayden's played right back for us before, obviously, like way back in the day, Vernon and Anita converted to being like a right back, full back type thing. So like, it's obviously the best option, but we'll see if Everton does it. Um, outside of that, I mean, the other thing Newcastle have going for them. And like I said, there are only two things Newcastle have going for them in this match. The other thing is that they are going up against Jordan Pickford and he's, he's, you know, like as much, as much as Everton has been really good this season, Literally, Jordan Pickford, like, if he was slightly worse, they would they would easily, like, they'd be mid-table right now 
instead of sitting at the top of the league because uh, he's he's that bad. He's led in a lot of goals already this season. Um, and he always seems to not have great matches against Newcastle. Uh, yes, very interesting ones. Unfortunately, we don't have Florian Lejeune for this one. <laughs> we don't need him. You don't? You don't think? No, I mean, I mean, we needed him once, but outside of that, Florian Lejeune's really not been a part of the Everton-Newcastle story. I mean, uh, it's really been Iose Perez. And we've managed quite well without him. Like, Iose Perez is – like, Jordan Pickford – like, Iose Perez has made Jordan Pickford his – uh, you know, you can fill in the blank there because uh, I feel like Iose has, like, ten goals against Pickford. Maybe not that many, but at least five. He scores Pickford. when he wants. <laughs> it, only against Pickford, evidently. <laughs> Lester, if Lester played Pickford every week, oh, oh Iose would be ten goals – ten goals a season at a minimum. All right. Well, I mentioned through our six matches, we have five formations, which is the most ever. Elijah, do we get our sixth? No, I think that, <laughs> like, I, I think that you have, at this point, you're running out of formations to try. So, um, I mean, there's obviously almost infinite possibilities, but realistically, two, running two, out two. of formations to try. Gosh, I, I mean, that'd be something. I I could see Newcastle running another five back formation because of how solid it was defensively. But again, against a team where literally their best attackers are likely not playing outside of Sigurdsson and Dominic Calvert Lewin, this would be a good time to stick with the four in the back formation. Try the four two three one. Um, allow Sean Longstaff to maybe play alongside Jeff Hendrick, or if Isaac Hayden's feeling up to it play him alongside Hendrick or him alongside Longstaff and, and get Miguel Amaron, Ryan Fraser and Alan St. Maxman in proper positions. Um, they were somewhat effective uh, being played out of position. So I don't see why you wouldn't try to play them in their proper positions. Uh, I would hope Newcastle goes with four, two, three, one here, but again, it is Steve Bruce. Um, and so I would not be surprised if Newcastle go with a four, four, two diamond because we haven't seen that since the United States last was in the World Cup. So, I mean. I love a 4-4-2 diamond. I'm sure you and, like, like Jurgen Klinsmann love a 4-4-2 diamond. And Philadelphia Union supporters. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that would, that would be lovely. And, I, I mean, I want us to go back to the 4-2-3-1. Uh, sure i mean i when the one time we played it this season we won so there you go (laughs) it's the best way to use all of our attacking talent um actually i'm not even sure about that did we play that against west ham i think we played a 4-2-3-1 against them i'm just gonna say we did i think we did i'm i think we did because i'm pretty sure joe linton started out wide and alan c maxman was the, the the cam maybe i don't know um, just, while I'm, I'm just, looking this up, I'll ask. Uh, oh, wait, I have it right here. The nice. four, two, three, one. We have no, nope. nope. Okay, so I'm um, well, we, oh. we've played it for 16 minutes this year. Interesting, yeah. We've played the four, four, two for most of it. Um, Actually, not, maybe not too bad numbers on the four four two four one four one is the second most used five three two then five four one then four two three one and then four four one one. 
let's see, goals per 90. If I, if I switch to goals per 90, our best formation is the 5-4-1. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. I read that wrong. It's the 4-1-4-1. 4 one 4 one is our best goals per 90. Really? Yeah. We, we averaged, so we've only used it for 90. So literally a match. And we have expected 1.75 goals in that. That was, the, that was the was, – we only scored, okay. we've scored one goal and we've used it for 96 minutes, but we've had eight shots in 96 minutes. Um, Wasn't that, okay. I, I mean, wish I could see, see the problem. It doesn't correlate which game was what. Uh, I, I'm about I to did, say I like. I dig into this more. Yeah, I was say like, I mean, we came out in that against Man United and did not look great, but I'm sure we've played variations of it throughout the season that have scored with it i mean that's not important i think what's important what greg was about to ask me was who do i need to watch out for or no what does newcastle have to do to win oh i mean oh well i think we we've regressed to like what does newcastle have to do to win like from the beginning of last season which was um have tactics Come out in a decent formation that makes sense and uses your players to the best of their ability. Uh, so that's where we are with with where do, what does Newcastle have to do to win? We've we've gone back to last season where Greg and I were literally just begging Steve Bruce to play a formation that made sense and have some sort of tactics. That is yep. where we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, if you know Steve Bruce, you have to sit. You have to be in a spot where, like, so now that I'm in this, I'm nerding out and looking at all these numbers, and like, we don't have a single player that's amassed, like, what, like has even close to acceptable attacking stats. Obviously, Callum Wilson is the only. I think he's the only player. Let me just double check. Yeah, he's the only player that has even above 0.5 expected goals in the season. He has 4.47, so that's really good. But no other player on the team has above 0.5 expected goals for this season. And to be fair, I, I saw this on Football Reference because they actually – I think they tracked it with penalties and without penalties included with expected mm-hmm. goals, and that made a huge difference for Callum Wilson. Yeah. Because, like, the penalties are somehow cal- – like, they not somehow, they are used in expected goals. Yeah, I can, I can take that out too. And yeah, so if you take that out, you're talking not good, not yeah. good, not great, Bob. So uh, it's just it's pretty pretty dire straits that we're in right now. So Bruce needs to figure that out. Like that's this is actually his job, contrary to popular belief. It's okay. Um, he feels the lads have done all right. Yeah, and to be fair, like the last match was a deserved draw. That does not mean that Newcastle looked good, and I've said that so many times, but, I mean, it's, it's worth noting that neither team looked great, so 1-1 felt right. Yep. Um, so yeah. now we go to your question, who do we look out for? I mean, this will be an interesting one. I think that um, a player that's kind of torches in the past but did not play this past match for Everton but was probably one of their better players – um, when he came on was Bernard. He was, he's a beast against Newcastle, uh, especially the last couple of matches. He like really, he's coming out party was the last match we had against Everton where he had two assists. I want to say to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, or maybe it was one assist and a goal, something like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was beasting and feasting on Newcastle. Uh, it was not even funny. Uh, so I, I think that he would be someone to look out for. Sigurdsson as well. Um, but when you talk about Newcastle and where their big struggles have been this season, it's been controlling the midfield. And so just that's going to be the big thing for Everton is they'll be fine against Newcastle if they can find a way, not even find a way, if they can simply do the bare minimum against Newcastle's midfield, which is just like not allow them to really maintain and recycle possession because Newcastle's already not good at that as a midfield, like as a whole, they're not good at that and their midfield's not great at it. So if Everton can control the midfield by any means uh, with Allen and Dakare, I feel like they'll be fine. Uh, so that that's going to be lock it in. It's going to be Bernard, Allen, Dakare. Those are the people I'm looking out for. I think you could always throw in Calvert Lewin because yeah, that I mean I was just at least worth mentioning. <laughs> he's especially after he didn't score last week. He's he's definitely like feasting his eyes on Newcastle defense and uh, England and England number one Carl Darlow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our last time beating Everton at in in St. James's Park was 2018. Uh, we won three to two goals from Rondon and a brace from Perez. The comeback. Everton were up two nothing. Yep. yep. People forget. People do. And that um, actually that was that was the uh, Pickford Rondon tackle game. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes full circle because <laughs> two weeks ago, Pickford almost killed Virgil van Dyke. And then <laughs> there's a funny tweet going around talking about how like the, uh, like, like that the Liverpool players are going to come out wearing like Virgil van Dyke's like, Oh yeah. yeah, Like, like almost like rest in peace shirts, but it was obviously fake, but it was hilarious. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Our uh, one was so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Let's get into predictions now. So uh, we have 538 first. They predict every match. And Everton, a little bit closer than we thought, but Everton is projected to win. Uh, They have a 44% chance to win. Uh, Newcastle has a 29% chance to win. And they have a 26% chance to draw. So not that far off. Um, Elijah, what do you have? Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, I do think that even though Everton are severely weakened and Newcastle should take it to them, they won't. Um, so I think that we'll lose this one probably like 2-1 or something like that. Um, I do think that Calvert-Lewin's probably going to have a brace. Uh, maybe an individual brilliance that'll get Newcastle goal, but nothing that gives anyone any confidence that Newcastle's offense is going to be able to produce. I don't think there's going to be a lot of chances created for Newcastle. Because ultimately, I think that from the get-go, we're going to be set up wrong yet again. Uh, either too negative, as people may argue, against Wolves with players playing all out of nowhere in all sorts of whack. Um, or we're just going to be set up like Man United and just absolutely set up wrong from the get-go with bad team selection and players being asked to play a formation that, you know, we, I guess... Greg kind of debunked that, but a formation that in everyone else's eyes, we really hadn't played that much this season. Didn't look great. in, uh, and so I think more of the same could happen here. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but it's purely because Steve Bruce is at the helm. Yeah. If, if we had any other manager, Eddie Ho, Claudio Ranieri, uh, I don't know, uh, 
Darren Moore, obviously. I am, I am taking a back-to-back 1-1 draw in this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be some, some dumb, a lot of dumb happening to get to that 1-1, uh, but that's what I'm expecting. Oh, guarantee if it's 1-1, it's going to be 1-0 Everton, probably like the 65th minute, <laughs> and then Jordan Pickford fumbles a set-piece cross from like Ryan Fraser that goes into the goal. Like he just like literally goes up to catch the cross and it just like slips through his hand and just goes in the back of that. Or what about like a U uh, England versus USA, like goalkeeper screw up in the world cup years ago. Yeah, that could happen off his hands and deflected it. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean that, that like any, literally anything is possible for Newcastle with Pickford in there. Like, I mean, for all we know, Newcastle could, freaking come back and win 3-2 again, and that would be something. And yeah. get the people buzzing and would also pretty much secure Steve Bruce's job safety until the end of the season. <laughs> Definitely would. Uh, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take another break, and we're going to go to odds and ends and the BS meter. Uh, so sit back, relax, listen to these ads, and enjoy. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, we're starting off with a little BS meter. Bring oh. the BS meter back. Yeah. Let's, let's get it. Let's it's see a bit up. early. It's a bit early for uh, January transfer Yeah. Uh, news but it, it's here uh-huh. <laughs> um so uh, <laughs> uh this one came out of nowhere but um newcastle have been linked to another defender uh for january um and uh it's a championship defender which championship players are, are making the jump to the premier league especially defenders for some reason it's been happening yeah. but not gonna be mad uh, Newcastle were linked to be making a move for Reading FC's captain Liam Moore. He's 27 years old, central, not central back, but center back. Um, this comes off of, uh, I have no idea. I guess this kind of came out right after Reading won, uh, not sorry, right before Reading's match against Blackburn uh, a couple days ago. Or this was actually, it's actually yesterday, but this news came out a couple days ago. Again, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, Florian Lejeune is a center back that's not there. We haven't seen much of Paul Dummy. He's obviously healthy, but I feel like this one came out of left field. Um, he's having a good season, I guess. Uh, obviously, I don't know if Redding's really going to be a threat at this point. I can't tell if they're going to be a threat to maybe be pushing for a promotion playoff spot. But if the if a player wants to, you know, play in the Premier League. It's always nice if people build some hype around him. Um, and that could be what's happening here from his agent. So I don't know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I just did a quick search just to see. Uh, and you have Leicester, West Ham, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle are all the teams that seem to be wanting him. I mean, for what it's worth, it's that you're wanting the captain of the team that's in first place in the championship right now. Yeah. But as the Premier League has already displayed – like I don't know if if like if or is he are we still going to be looking at Liam Moore as this great prospect and probably um, 
because this happens if you're English uh, in in three months, if they're in like 10th or something like, is it still going to be someone who could be moving on in January? I have no idea. Um, or does it make sense if Reading's still in first for him just to finish out the season in Reading? But like you said, a lot of clubs interested in him. So, I mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to even think of this. Yeah, I th- I'm going to say very high BS, like um, Eiffel Tower high. I would say there's interest maybe, but I do think that there could also be a manufactured interest from an agent or something like that. Because again, perfect opportunity for someone to just secure their ability to play or their opportunity to play in the premier league, which is every British footballer's dream. Um, yeah. Apparently he used to be at Leicester and some of the speculations that he, he really wants to go back there to Leicester. And do what? I mean, be the fifth choice center back. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. whatever. Anyway, I guess we'll move on. Yeah. Odds and ends. Okay. We need like an odds and ends song. So bad. boop, 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 odds and ends. Boop, 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 odds and ends. Oh, boop, 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 odds and ends. Yeah. Uh, Rafa Benitez is our first end and odd. He's not loving life in, in China. Yeah, not, not great. He basically said, I don't have the quote in front of me, but the, the, I, the, I do have the quote. Oh, go. Go, King. He says, in Europe, the game is different, and here it's more difficult. So it's not what you do or what you can do. It's what your players can do. Dylan Yifang currently sent second from the bottom, winning one of their last nine games. What do you think of this? Is this going to be the first time Rafmanitas breaks his contract rule if he gets an offer from somewhere else? Uh, I think there's – I mean, they have relegation there. There's a chance Rafa Benitez gets fired. I don't know. I, I mean, it, I, it was, this was the – this was almost like – I don't know if you want to say karma, but if people are buying into the fact that Rafa Benitez like, left Newcastle – because he wasn't getting paid enough or something like that. Like those people could make an argument for karma here because what happened was he was promised a lot at Dylan Gifong. And so far, none of that has materialized. Um, the only thing that's been like solid for him is that Salman Rondon came over with him and Salman Rondon looks good. And Salman Rondon is about to be a free agent again. Salman Rondon might be coming back to the premier league because he's been so good in China. Um, and I'm sure a host of teams in Newcastle should probably be on that list would take Solomon Rondon in a heartbeat um, because when he was blasting the prem, he was a double digit goal scorer um, on a team that did not create a lot of chances. So again, great, great signing for anyone who wants him. Um, but that being said, Donnie Nifong, like the Chinese league as a whole had a whole salary cap issue. Players were not getting paid. Don Nifong, like their whole plan for like investment and stuff kind of just went out the window because they weren't able to afford to pay certain players. So like everything Rafa came over there for has just been completely like torn to shreds. And it's worth noting Don Yifong wasn't good before Rafa came there. They were a bottom feeder like team in the Chinese Premier League. So like, or Chinese Super League, whatever it's called. Um, so, like, when he's not been able to improve the team at all because they can't afford to buy players, he's kind of stuck with the same players plus Solomon Rondon, and this is what you're getting. You're getting a team that's not very good, and they have one player who's very good, scoring a lot of goals. I don't know if that's particularly Rafa's fault, but Rafa's very much used to very technically gifted, technically savvy players um, that are used to following his kind of complex 
tactical instructions. You think of the players he brought in. He took a couple wild cards in terms of like Muto and Murphy. Some of those paid off, some of those didn't. But a lot of the other guys were very skilled on the ball. You look at a Florian Lejeune or Fabian Cher, who might as well be like they would be the best center backs in China right now. Just uh, it's like not even a joke. And you look at the fact that players like John Joe Shelby, who just mishit passes, were dropped from Rafa Benitez's team. Like he looks for a lot of quality and technical ability, and and I don't know if he's getting that in China. So. It's obviously a frustrating situation. I don't know if he's going to leave. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get fired, though, because I can't put 100% of the blame on him mm. for them being that bad. Yeah. I. It's actually the opposite of Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is the richest. Uh, <laughs> and, like, there's no excuse for Newcastle to look bad. But Donnie Yifong, like, there's all the excuses for them to look bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, good luck, Rafa. Yeah, good luck, fam. Next bit of news is Newcastle United women. Uh, they had a draw 0-0 to Brighouse Town AFC women. Uh, it was their fourth consecutive clean sheet and away point. Uh, the manager of Newcastle United women, Becky Langley, uh, she said a hard fought point on the road, a heavy pitch, and the girls worked tireless, tirelessly to protect that clean sheet. We're the only team not to concede to Brighouse this season. CLS, Sestria, Feds haven't managed that yet. I'm proud of our work ethic and tactical understanding like that hasn't happened overnight. That's down to the players' hard work to digest the information we have given them. Sounds like some stuff is going on behind the scenes. I don't understand tactics. What I don't know what she's talking about, but... Uh, I know the the men might be interested in learning some of that. Yeah, I'm honestly Becky Langley for for Newcastle manager. I was about to say, like, <laughs> do you think Newcastle would be better if Becky was in charge over Bruce? Like, have him do a little job swap for a weekend and see what what happens. Yeah, I would love it. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh yeah, I'm uh, all for. I'm all for it. Let, let's get more women coaching men. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm in. Um, okay, so oh, and in the table for that, uh, I'm pulling it up now just to put it in. Sorry, everyone. Division One North, Newcastle United sit in sixth place on four points through three matches. Um, Brighouse was in second, so. Uh, there's 12 teams in the league, and Newcastle are mid-table. Nice. Away the ladies. Okay. Away the, away the lasses. The lasses. There you go. Um, no U23 matches. As Oh, wait. There was one. No, there wasn't. There is U23 news. Oh, there was, there was a match. I... I, I always forget, like, when was our last time updating? Uh, just real quick, and then, yeah, then we'll get to the news, is the U23s played over the weekend. Um, they play. oh, my gosh, now I have to jack my memory. Oh, they played West Brom. They lost, one nothing. Uh, it was uh, the goal with, like, oh, 10 minutes to go, um, West Brom won. Um, Matty Longstaff started. All the good Matty Longstaff. Matty Longstaff is one of the higher rated players in Newcastle and FIFA. I yeah. mentioned this to Greg today. It was very odd. 
Yeah. Uh, like, had, I don't, is he warranted a 72 overall rating? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. sure. Why not? I feel uh, like Sean didn't get that treatment. He got like a 68 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that will change with some updates. But yeah, uh, Maddie started. Um, we got Kyle Scott start. America starting USA. So he's back. Um, Francolette started. Um, your boy Flaherty started. Uh, Akraf Lazar started. Rodrigo Vilta started. Yannick Torre started. No goals, though. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, Akraf Lazar, I think I said this on yesterday's part. Yeah. He, he, uh, he posted. He posted a bunch of pictures uh, of him at the match, like playing. If you didn't know him, you'd think he'd be playing for for Premier League side Newcastle United. Proud, proud player he is. And then the last bit of news is the U twenty or sorry the U oh no the U 18s they lost to Man City one nothing, um, and the U seventeens started their Premier League Cup competition. Uh, they started against Leeds. They were up two nothing. And blew it. They lost three two to Leeds U seventeens. Um, so that stinks. But uh, they're in Group E of that competition, which uh, include, includes Leeds, Middlesbrough, uh, the Mackums. Um, yeah, that's it. Nice. So and then our boy uh, Florent Indalasio. Yes. Signed with the U twenty threes. Florio Indalasio. Of course, he was the guy we talked about maybe three or four weeks ago, nearly a month and a half ago, um, who trialed with with the first team in the U twenty threes. He's came, he was let go by Saint Etienne. He's uh, a disciplinary. Uh, former bricklayer, as everybody has said. Like in case you didn't know or read about him, he used to lay bricks. Yeah, I mean, and, completely irrelevant information, but the, you're, we're going to you know, hear that. It, Oh gosh! If he if he makes one a cup of match appearance, it's going to be the talk of the town uh, <laughs> for every British commentator. Yeah, you know this lad. He was he was laying bricks not only a few years ago. Like uh, that that happens, but that happens in sports all the time. Like like there is a uh, like it, during the Braves the Braves thing. Like I think Tyler Matzik had the yips and just like like oh man, this guy he walked away from baseball led a normal life was like, like, and then when Evan Gaddis like quit baseball, like this was, uh, these are all Braves related because I've heard this so much when the Braves play, like when Evan Gaddis was on the Braves, they're like, Oh, this guy, he was, he was a janitor in New York city. And then he decided he wanted to play baseball again. And I'm like, all right, like I love a good story, but it's going to be overplayed. So yeah, prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Um, but he's uh he's, he's living with Alan St. Maximin. So, um, like I think this is this is one of those things where ASM has brought in one of his boys, um, and ASM has clearly thought this guy is good enough to make the Newcastle first team. He's been given an opportunity, so he's going to be playing and training with the U23s. Obviously, he didn't play this weekend because all this is he just signed like Monday. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'd be one to watch for uh, another potential hidden gem that Newcastle could could unearth already with a. I wouldn't say stacked attacking lineup, but it's there's a lot of attackers at Newcastle right now. Yeah, uh, you can follow him on Twitter too. Flo, I N D A L, Flo Indel. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's going to be a beast. Yeah, uh, Mike Richards doesn't agree with it. He says there's no way he can be any good. 
Neither can you, Micah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just a bit much. Like he's obviously had disciplinary issues, whatever. But like, if there's a if there's a manager that can work out disciplinary issues and and find the best talent, it's it's Steve Bruce who apparently did that with Alan St. Maxman. That's the only reason Alan St. Maxman's good. Known talent advisor. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all Steve right. Bruce. Well, that is going to conclude it, Elijah. Episode one fifty two of CHN Radio. Uh, we have Everton this week and. So you'll get, uh, as usual, you'll get a recap show about that. And then our next week's show, we'll continue to keep giving you the goods. Uh, we'll get something out on Twitter about what should be the, the intro moving forward. Pick by the people for CHM Radio. So give us some feedback on that. And um, we love you guys. So that concludes this episode. I'm your host, Greg Trotman. That's the best damn close in the land. Elijah Neeson. This is the best song ever coming home to Newcastle. And away the Love you guys. Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Hilly Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I've walked the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rear, I'm coming home.